0: Are you tired of your content not getting the reach it deserves? Change that at Grow With Video Summit. From May 23rd through the 25th, join industry leaders like Gary V, Ali Abdal, Patrick Bet David, Cody Sanchez, and more for strategies that will elevate your visibility and engagement. So go to summit.thinkmedia.com to secure your ticket. Just click the link in the description or go to summit.thinkmedia.com.
1: I'm gonna try a lot of different formats. I'm gonna see what sticks. And then that one, I'm going to double down on like I call it the three-in-one rule. Can I film three shorts at least in one hour? Mm. And if I'm not, then maybe the idea isn't simple enough. When you get that first scroll and people see it, is there enough information there to build tension? And then when I come to sit down to a video or I'm sitting down with my editing team, I'm like, all right, how do we want to approach this? Like, what are the different inspiration? I like to say, don't just take from one, take from many and then uh, give credit and then put your own spin on it.
0: What does it really take right now to make it as a creator in the creator economy today? I'm here with John Yushai, who has been at YouTube and Instagram has worked at YouTube and Instagram uh, as an employee, has also interviewed some of the most famous creators in the world, from Logan Paul to the Paris Hiltons, Mark Rober's, and ultimately is. Deep in research of what it takes to really crush it in the creator economy. So, today we're going to be hearing a little bit about his story and learning some tips that are practical for you growing in your career. John, welcome to the show.
1: What's up? Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Sean.
0: Thanks so much for meeting up at VidCon. Total chaos, you know, <laughs> being here in the lobby of the Hyatt, and here we are.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dude, I got to say, this is one of the first, I've been doing more podcasts, but I'm so excited to sit down with you because I know how smart your audiences. And let's just let's just give them all the secrets and all the insights. So let's get into it.
0: Yeah, I'm excited because you, you have two keynotes here. So this is going to be a rich session on increasing engagement, decreasing production time and some yep. stuff like that. But for those that are just meeting you, what are you up to if they're uh, learning a little bit about you? Yeah. Where have you been and where you are now?
1: Yeah, I like to say I spent eight years at YouTube and Instagram and now I'm making videos about what I couldn't talk about when I was on the inside. And I like to say with my video. How many years of both? Uh, five years at YouTube and three years at Instagram. And what
0: were your titles?
1: A lot of different roles at YouTube. Uh, most recently, before I left there, I was head of creator product marketing and had a chance to launch a lot of the new monetization products. I think I'm most proud of creator is creator on the rise, had a chance to launch that and just see a lot of new creators grow and come up through the trending tab, which is really exciting. I obviously work with a lot of product and engineering folks on that. And then on Instagram, I was one of their first hires to help build their creator team. Kind of like rewrite the playbook that I learned at YouTube and at Instagram and just uh, really think about it from a different platform before going out on my own and trying to implement those learnings.
0: Yeah. And now you got 354,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. So you're creating content on your own and you're sharing a session on eight tips from an eight year YouTube and Instagram insider. What are some of the tips that you think are working best right now for increasing engagement and how you've grown over 200 million views with some of these tips?
1: Yeah, I like to say that like um, you know, history repeats itself. And I remember when I was working at YouTube, we had a chance to work with a lot of, like, big creators, celebrities. And I'll never forget um, James Corden, you know, who just, like, was on late night and had his show, just came to an end. He approached YouTube in such an interesting way that he doesn't often get credit for. And I like to say that there's two kind of creators in the world. There's the James Corden's and there's the Stephen Colbert's, right? And Corden has his variety show, right? He has so many different things that people know about, like Carpool Karaoke, um, you know, uh, uh, like... um, uh, a Crosswalk Musical, um, like Rock the Mic, like so many different formats. versus Stephen Colbert has much fewer. The monologue, a musical guest, an interview, and the show is over. And so I think what I saw with like him and him, his approach to YouTube was like, I'm gonna try a lot of different formats. I'm gonna see what sticks. And then that one I'm gonna double down on. And I think so many creators just try to do a few formats. They stay in their lane. They do a lot of monologue, right? They do a lot of interviews and nothing wrong with that. Like I do a lot of that too. But it's like, how can you get outside of your set? How can you go on the street? How can you think about different formats? So, I think one of the things I've been able to see, and I'm happy to talk about all like we've tried out like nine, 10, 11 different formats, and a few have taken off, just have popped off 40 million views, 30 million views. Um, and that's translated to long form, uh, you know, traction as well.
0: Yeah. When I was looking at your most viewed YouTube shorts, you really found one that really worked. And it's break that down. It's kind of comparing like two known people with like a traditional celebrity and a YouTube creator?
1: Exactly. So I'm like, a lot of people obsess over stats and big data, right? I, I get it. Like I worked in Silicon Valley. But I'm like, all right, what's the visceral like reaction to that? Like what's the emotional side of those statistics? So I'm sure you've seen all those like variety articles like, oh my gosh, creators are more popular than celebrities. I'm like, but okay, what, is, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, what does that mean when you show people on the street and get that, you know, generational age difference? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ask people, is Logan Paul more popular than Tom Hanks? Is Mr. Beast most popular than Tom Cruise? Like, kind of find people who, for their respective, you know, industries, traditional or social, you know, they, they, they uh, are, are similar and just compare. <laughs> and the results, you know, people recognizing Logan Paul but not Tom Hanks blew me away and led to that format taking off. And I think that's one that, like, on that format alone, we put out, you know, 20 different comparisons that I've gotten over... 150 million views on that alone. So it's crazy to see that. And that's just one example.
0: Yeah, and that's wild. And so for those, it's such a powerful tip for those listening to think about experimenting with different formats. How many failed attempts led up to a winning attempt, would you say?
1: A, a lot. And I'd say I categorize the failures in two ways. There's the failure of the, that format in and of itself in the introduction, um, which I could talk about. And there's a failure of formats that I never even like, took off. So for the first part, I I would start out the video. I was like, hey guys, we're here in Hollywood and I'm here Want to ask people, are creators more popular than celebrities? First up, we have Tom Hanks versus Logan Paul. Eh." Like that is such a long-winded way to open it. And then I'm like, you know what? How can I make this faster with editing? And I was like, okay, I'm going to put the faces on there and I'm going to just like say, okay, Tom Hanks or Logan Paul, but not enough context. Then I was like you know, I'm going to go to FedEx. I'm going to print out a literal side-by-side poster board with their faces on it. And I'm just going to ask the simplest version of the question with the most visual, you know, stimulus and say, um, who are these two people? That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's the whole thing. And then what most people don't see is that while I'm on the street, I actually, Sean, have an entire um, binder of like 10 of these comparisons.
0: So that you could batch produce. Yes. 100%.
1: Um, and, and that's another one of my like, Big beliefs and something that I think has led to our viewership and the subscribers in the first year is like, can I film? I call it the three in one rule. Can I film three shorts at least in one hour? Mm. And if I'm not, then maybe the idea isn't simple enough.
0: So you really refined the idea, and having a physical prop in a real world was very powerful. And then it started to work. You started to double down on it. What are some of the other tips from that session? You're talking about eight tips. Was that just one of them?
1: That was one is like thinking about like the variety format, be a Corden creator, not a Colbert creator, Got is it. what I like to say. Uh, the other one we talked about is like the three in one rule, like like really use that as a way to simplify. How can you make three videos in one? The other way I think like to think about it, I call this the first frame rule. And I know you guys put this in one of your videos in a compilation. Uh, that was really cool to see on your channel. But I like to say people obsessed over like, oh, the first three seconds, I'm like, uh, I kind of think it's the zero second mark today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm like, when you get that first scroll and people see it, is there enough information there to build tension? You know, yes. So I'm like, all right, the 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 physical printout is there. There's two heads. There's some kind of comparison, and I have a mic where I'm I'm like trying to like immediately throw the mic to them. Like, who are these two people?
0: So, so fast,
1: so fast. You you get it, yeah. right? No build up. The introduction. Those were the many failed attempts uh, that led to that succinct version. That popped off so the first frame rule is another thing like if you're not you know setting it up in that first frame then you're it's probably not succinct enough you know at least for a short
0: looking at some of uh those by far like your one two three four five top shorts are all that format but cutting over to some of your most viewed videos uh what lessons did you learn i mean your biggest one was with danny duncan yeah 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 and it's Is there a clip from it and the full length interview? Both are your most viewed video. The full length interview is an hour. So
1: they are two different videos. One is an hour long sit down where like whenever I do an interview with someone, I try to make it the best interview they've done, you know? And so Danny got emotionally shared things he's never shared on camera. It's like full, like how did he grow his channel to 7 million, sell $150 in merch. The other video is 24 hours with him. And it was like spending a day with him in his hometown of Inglewood because he's bought over a hundred acres of land and like seeing how, how, how does a YouTuber develop, build land, think about this as almost like his little city, you know? Got it. So they're two separate videos, but yeah, they've been most popular long form.
0: And when you say, so what is your philosophy in interviews? You've got, they come to your studio. No,
1: I go to them. Okay. You That's go to why them. I really respect what you, I mean, this is like, uh, I go to them. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We built a studio and we're trying to have more people come to us, but I will make it as easy as possible. Okay. For them. So
0: you go to them and and then set up and really give the margin and the time to do it because one of the things you do that's cool is you do the pie chart of how you earn money and you r- wheel out a little pie chart and then people draw <laughs> yeah. 5% affiliates yeah. 20% brand deals yep So, But what is your other philosophy for those that would want to do interview shows what you think makes a good interview? You got to
1: have a short segment in your long form, like bake it in. like So that draw your income segment that you're talking about where we're sitting down in an interview, then I'm like, Sean, how do you make your money as a creator? All right, we have a segment called draw your income, like outcomes like this dry erase board that we got with a circle on it, 5%, you know, uh, cutouts. And I was like, you know what? This is designed for it to be valuable in the context of an interview, but then for me to take it as a draw your income short. Smart. Yeah. So we have a lot of those coming out. And so I'm like, okay, can that be a way to you know, kind of marry short form and long form as opposed to just thinking about one versus the other?
0: Okay. So do you think that Danny's influence was why those did so well?
1: Yes. But also Danny has had other interviews, even in the past few months that got nowhere near that. So I think that the preparation, the production. I try to build a lot of trust. That took over a year of us like just chatting. Yeah. And thinking about like, okay, what, what's something that's like, I could share that most people don't know about somebody who's already very known.
0: And thumbnail, hook, the opening, structure, editing. You put effort into editing. And, Everything, yeah. Yeah, and uh, okay, amazing. Then your third most viewed video is a great thumbnail and it's your tips on ex YouTube employee exposes, good word, how to grow a YouTube channel. And that one is continues to get views. And what did you learn about that video?
1: First off, I, I think that the whole idea of like, can you find something and take it off and turn it into a series? So that ex-YouTube employee explains, we're turning into a whole series hmm. where I feel like I could talk about stuff now being on the outside, but still having the knowledge on being on the inside and applying it as a creator. So one, I was like, all right, I want to try something that I could uh, serialize, turn into a format. Ex-YouTube employee explains. We're also going to debut ex-Instagram employee explains on my channel because I I had a chance to work there. And there's a lot of just a lot of stuff. I'm sure like you see, like I'm like, that's not a that's actually how Instagram works. (laughs) That's not how YouTube. I feel like I I just feel um, like I could talk about that stuff more. But the biggest thing I, I learned is like, can I launch something that's serialized? And then can I also just like have a really tight script before I sit down? Yeah. You know, and make sure every second of that video has something of value that. You know, To me, it's like, I like to say, I need to write it down on the page before I take it on the stage, right? Whether that's video, whether that's uh, actually speaking it. So um, to me, scripting is like, I was like, oh, okay, it worked. I need to repeat it.
0: I love this serialized idea. I actually just caught an Instagram reel. It was an editing tip. The whole thing captured my attention. And at the end, and he said, and make sure to check back tomorrow because I'm going to be sharing a hundred of these tips. And, wow. and, and and I was like, dude, that's so smart. So, yeah. what could you, what, how could you map 100, yeah. create a series? And if any one of them popped up, it's going to, you know, kind of cross promote the rest of the series. Exactly. Thinking in series, thinking in something that you can multiply. It's also probably just sustainability in the creator economy, which is one of my questions for you because, you know, I think, I don't know how old VidCon is. It's close to 10 years.
1: It's over. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely over 10 I years. I think yeah. I was
0: here. 10 years ago. I think I might have been at 2013, (laughs) Yeah, and which seems wild. What is crazy is the landscape changes. People really come and people go. People who seem like they were the most famous maybe are gone now for multiple different reasons. From your perspective, because you also have massive longevity in the creator economy, what do you think are some of the things creators should be thinking about when it comes to sustainability, not burning out? So many articles about the mental health challenges of being a creator. What's your take on that?
1: I think, to me, the two things that make for a really long career as a creator are, are you experienced and are you entertaining? And I find too many people try to rely on one and it may lead to burnout. Uh, like, for example, I find that a lot of folks now, it's like, like, you know, being entertaining on camera, dancing or like creating these skits. Like it, It's something that like, like I think people have to ask themselves, is this something that you could do for the next seven years, eight years, 10 years even? And if not, how can you think about diversifying today? Either with different formats, which is why we see a lot of people doing podcasts much easier with products, you know, launching something that doesn't rely on content or if it does, you could plug it in seamlessly. Or are you experienced about something um, and can you like maybe get your delivery a little bit better?
0: Are you ready to
1: start or grow your YouTube channel? Do you feel stuck and need help connecting the dots? join this free web class where you'll learn the step-by-step playbook for youtube success we've helped thousands of purpose-driven entrepreneurs just like you grow their influence with video register today for this exclusive training at thinkmasterclass.com right i I remember i did an interview with jordan matter who is one of the oldest youtubers across 10 million subscribers right um i think at the time of our interview he was 54 55 which is incredible right He's, he's he's huge he's at that age um and I asked him a similar question. And he's like, Yeah, I think it's like he had the experience. He was a photographer for many years. And for him, he had that bucket down. He just had to figure out how to make it entertaining, how to bring it to life. And so I think if you have those two things um, and you think about it and then you build a team around it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, can I ask you questions too? Is that like, yeah, are, I mean, how do you think about like um, longevity in terms of you as Sean versus the Think Media brand? Because I think that's another way I've seen people do yeah. it. You've brought in hosts yeah right.
0: yeah exactly and I think for me, you know my backgrounds uh, in the church world, and one of the things that I learned was seeing senior pastors wait too long to think about succession because a lot of people who hold the mic, a lot of people who hold the vlog camera, a lot of people you're like, okay, this is on me i'm going to be the person i'm the communicator I'm the one doing it, and I think that the early you actually think about replacing yourself, even if you don't plan to go anywhere, still the better you are. It's just a, if you can step into that mindset. So what I would watch is they'd start all of a sudden, maybe their energy, their health, something's happening, there's challenges they're facing. So they're like, oh, maybe I should start preparing success. And I think if you're thinking about it then it's too late. Yeah. So I am so grateful for that lesson, spending some years in ministry and thinking about, okay, one, I in a way got lucky cause the channel was called Think Media. I do have a channel on my first and last name. I don't really upload there. And then two, what could it look like? It was very organic. I didn't actually immediately think let's do multiple content creators. I ran into Omar while I was working out at Fitness 19. We had worked together at a church. Yep, yep. I was like, would you want to collab? He was more videographer first. I was like, you can make videos. Then we had Heather for a while, now we have Nolan and we're actually going to do auditions and now we're moving into the full creators of building the next generation of media companies. So, you know, drop a comment if you want to, you know, be on thick media legit. Like, I don't know, let's talk, you know? Yeah. And so we're thinking about, so I think it's starting to like steer the ship that way. And then I think studying it intentionally. I also were so education and I think education's maybe a little bit different. I really love Linus Tech Tips. I think what they're doing is incredible. I think that uh, entertainment's uh, maybe similar too. You're trying to put other people on, but uh, Dave Ramsey's one who's he's thinking about. He said it's his succession plan, and he's created Ramsey personalities. You know who that is? Of course,
1: I know Dame, Dave yeah, Ramsey. I'm not as familiar with the whole Ramsey personalities. Like he's bringing like hosts. He might be twenty Zumbra.
0: million views on YouTube a month right now yeah, on yeah. clips. So yeah, and he has them sit with him. So one of the things would be like he's the main host, and, and it's like he'd bring someone by his side to kind of mentor them, but it also introduces them and and diverse, you know, different ethnic backgrounds, kind of different ages to hit different demos. And so it's his succession plan to build out Ramsey personalities. So I started thinking, I'm actually gonna turn 40 this year.
1: You look great, man. What is what is What is his skincare routine, man? Anybody know? I need to... You know what it is? <laughs> that's, what we'll, uh, that's what we'll talk about. It's a off-care. new channel. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm starting
0: a new one. And yeah. uh, I'm starting a network think marketing skincare. company too, actually. So you could sign up under... Just kidding. But uh, uh, but yeah, so he's doing it at like 65, you know? And I'm like, why not think about it now? Because I don't plan on going anywhere. But I think the sooner you think about it, and I think maybe reinvesting, which is a big challenge, it's like kind of the leadership, CEO, build a team, can you create a vision big enough that really talented creators vision can live inside of it? Can you also not be like weird and, and, and realize like, we just want to be chill. Like, Hey, you know, Omar, what do you want to do? Nolan, what do you want to do? But you also need some level of, and at the final thing I think about is two illustrations, the office, it still was, it was sad when Michael Scott left, but it kept going, you know? And so they TV shows, they sign people. So I thought about like a sports team, and, and we're not even fully there yet, but kind of thinking about like, hey, could you roll with us for like a year or two, sign a contract and different things. Um, and then Wu-Tang Clan is the other one actually. It was the idea that, was what, that what would happen if we also had some of our individual projects, but if nine of us got together and made something that's a little bit bigger. Yeah. And uh, and then Valuetainment, Patrick David, he's building a media company. He offered, it's conservative news kind of now, he was business and entrepreneurship. And I don't know if it's more of a media play, but he offered Tucker, Matt, he offered uh, oh, a yeah, hundred million dollars, yeah, yeah, yeah. which, which probably was nowhere near what he probably could commit. but a smart move too, even for the PR play. And if he said either way, it would have been like smart, yeah, yeah. but I guess you start getting in that world where, I mean, we can't do that kind of stuff yet. I don't even know if that would matter for teaching tech and camera reviews, but anyways, just a th- few thoughts. Like I just kind of studying the world, thinking about it, trying to stay humble, learn and figure it out as we go.
1: It's funny like how like for creators listening to this, like how much like as you start, you already put the wheels in motion for either being a solo channel or like a umbrella for other personalities. And yeah. so I, I think like for what you're trying to do, like with the think media umbrella, you've set yourself up really well for longevity.
0: And I think the last thing is also trying to extract out like no doubt about it, your personality is gonna carry a big weight to it. But seeing how practical could this be if we made this like um, CNET or The Verge? Like when I watch CNET, admittedly, or even the, I I haven't made a connection with any of those content creators, but the brand has enough value to it that like whatever content they put out, Vox sometimes too, like maybe, maybe some people have affinity for who's doing the voiceover, but I don't know. I'm like, it's just, if I care about the topic. So thinking about tools for creators, our niche, and we're trying to get back to it as far as cameras, gear, like they could be more sustainable, trying to think like that's off of just, if I'm not... Pedaling the bike, then the whole thing falls down, and, and obviously, yeah, I think it's tough. I think a lot of creators are wrestling with these questions.
1: Well, you're doing a great job, man. It's really cool to see.
0: So, as we land the plane, you have another keynote here, yeah. and you have studied extensively <laughs> Beyonce. Yeah, and you have discovered, though, as much as my most creators might think, what could I possibly learn from Beyonce, the superstar, that could apply for like the practical creator? But there's some tips you've learned from her that can boost our creativity. There's things in terms of how to reach billions on a budget. That seems like you've created tension there because Beyonce's budget is huge. She said, put some respect on the check. You know what I mean? She's doing all right. I think they just bought a record house, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah, they bought, did. Yeah, they just like bought that. the record $50 million <laughs> house or something. And so, uh, so what are some tips from Beyonce from your presentation. Yeah.
1: So it, it, th- that's like a great clarification. Bi- like to me, like billions on a budget is not Beyonce's budget. It's if you're starting out and you're a creator on a tiny budget. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like it's like she reaches billions. But how can you take that and make it your own? OK. Um. But yeah, I studied her career like probably more than any like thesis or whatever I did in school, like 20 years. of How does she stay relevant? And the biggest thing I saw is that she is so good at adapting work from so many different sources around the world, like the talk. And I wish I had some of the visuals here, maybe. We could put it on screen. I'm going to try to make a video about this um, as well. But essentially, if you study like single ladies, that video that took off, you know, Connie called it like one of the best videos of all time. Uh, It actually comes from 1969. Bob Fosse, a choreographer who um, took these like this this very minimalist background, put three women dancing in actually very similar choreography to Beyonce. Um, and she adapted that and made it into single ladies. But what's fascinating is like she didn't go through the 1960s archive of like studying Bob Fosse choreography. See, She saw a DJ Unk remix of that to Walk It Out. Remember when Walk It Out like took off like in 2008? So like she saw a remix of the original and made her own remix. And... She is so deliberate about trying to fill like what I like to call and what a lot of advertisers and marketers call their swipe file. Have you ever heard that
0: term? One hundred percent.
1: Yeah. So it's like uh um you know like as she sees stuff, she like stores it right, and she's like, okay, when I'm coming out like with my next video, my next tour, my next song, I'm gonna go to the swipe file, which is just like stuff I've swiped like um you know from like things that have inspired you. But she's so conscious and deliberate about it that it it just blows me away that um like. Her makeup artist, for example, is giving her ideas, for example, like a performance that she gave at the 2011 Billboard Music Awards is actually adapted from Lorella Cuccarini in 2011, who made a similar visual performance in Italy. But Beyonce took that, took a lot of different inspiration. And so I think it just reminds me of, I think it's a Mark Twain quote that's like, inspiration, I'm paraphrasing, is either conscious and you're aware of where you heard of it or subconscious and you don't realize it. And I think so many people who say they're original, let's say, don't realize that the inspiration is subconscious. And if you could consciously fill yourself with like more inspiration, whether that's like, I'm going to keep a folder of all the best YouTube thumbnails, which is what I do. You know, when I see something, I click on it, I'm like, why did I click on that? Mm. And I have a folder, which, which I'm happy to share with anyone if they want to DM me or like, like I, I, I'd be curious to see like what's in your swipe file. If I, I'm like, whoa, that's an amazing intro hook. Um, literally do a screen recording, put that in the folder of my best intros. Yes. And then when I come to sit down to a video or I'm sitting down with my editing team, I'm like, all right, how do we want to approach this? Like, what are different inspiration? I like to say, don't just take from one, take from many and then uh, give credit and then put your own spin on it. And that's kind of like how you channel Beyonce. And there's a lot more to it, but that's, in a nutshell.
0: And I think you, you said something like, but she's not doing copy and paste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's doing copy and taste. Yeah.
1: So my money line that I was like, okay, how do I like, summarize this? Uh, is like, okay, so everybody's talking about copy and paste. She's all about copy with taste. And so copy and paste is like you steal from one source. You give no credit. Uh, like uh, you, you don't lift the art. You just like replicate it. Copy with taste is like you share the credit. You, you adapt from multiple sources, not just one. And you kind of elevate it in a new way. And just leave it out in the world for somebody else to copy with taste. So, yeah.
0: You know, what's kind of funny is there's some critics of like the TikTok and shorts remix. There's some critics of maybe the react format and how much echoing it can feel like there is on YouTube. But there's a documentary called Everything is a Remix. Really good. We'll actually link to it. I think they eventually it was on Vimeo originally. And I think that we could put it. We'll put it in the show notes. It's very worth your time. But they'll take even people like Quentin Tarantino and scene from scene of like Kill Bill, they'll show you exact scenes in other films that are just structured the same way. Yeah. Like shot for shot almost. Of course it's original, cause yeah. it's his own thing in the way he's knit, but it, he's inspired by cinematography from these other films that were inspiration for him and it's bringing it into his work. So why maybe things are faster now, and certainly there's some where people are just doing copy and paste and they're not copying with yeah. taste. But I think that this is not even a new thing. I think the art form of remixing, making it original, but consuming a lot of divergent content and then synthesizing it, is a very powerful insight that a lot of us can learn from.
1: Hundred percent, and like it's just uh, it's crazy like how much of that goes on, and we don't always know the original source. You know? Sure. So, yeah.
0: Um, okay. Is it too late to
1: start YouTube? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I have so many thoughts on like. I think I think it's now is the second best time to start a YouTube channel. Why is that? Okay, 2012, 2013, things are taking off. Not as much competition. Like I think it's always easier to grow when a platform is growing, right? Yeah. Things are more settled now. I think the biggest opportunity and why I left my jobs at Instagram and YouTube is there is such a need for more professionalism in the creator economy. Like it, it blows my mind how many brands we talk to, and I'm like, wait, you, (laughs) like okay, you have talking points, so like we're going to send you a script, we're going to send it to you for review. Here's our timeline for the video. Um, uh, uh like we're going to take it through and like, uh, you know, like what, like we want to like study your blog posts. We want to go through, like, I even like watch their old earnings reports to figure out what can I say for a brand to really be a good ambassador to them in our like, um, sponsored segments or like if we're consulting, which we do. I'm like, you know, uh, uh, just how can you make them know that you care about their goals or metrics or KPIs? Um, And I don't know. I'm like, I'm I'm always baffled that like I talk with creators and they don't ask those questions to brands when they work with them.
0: This is a big unlock. There's so much need for professionalism. Big time. So if you up your professionalism, you're going to stand out.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, just one other nugget, if I could give um, like if you guys are trying. I don't know why I keep addressing the cameras, but it's just just natural. Uh, (laughs) um, It's if you're pitching a brand and trying to get a brand deal and you have a team, um, put your team on your media kit. You know, I find that like people like are like, whoa, oh, it's, I'm not just hiring John. I'm hiring his editors, um, mm. you know, his uh, operators, like his, his his content strategists. Like like we, we have an entire team that puts together that content. So it's almost like you're not just hiring an individual. You're hiring a mini creative agency.
0: And letting them know what they're investing in.
1: It, and and that makes them more comfortable with like the cost that they're putting into it. Because I'm like, I'm hiring like a lot of people to make this piece of work come to life. And so that's something that I'm like, uh, you know, I'm surprised. That, I'm not saying that. Not every creator's done, but I'm surprised more creators haven't done. Totally. And if you step in and have had a job before, I think we're going to see a rise of more corporate creators and and seeing that you know them leave that and start a career.
0: What is uh, from all the interviews you've done with creators and celebrities? I think you've had Jake Paul, Paris Hilton, all kinds of people. Out of all these different interviews and conversations, what's one of your favorite moments and an insight that you gained from one of those interviews that impacted your life?
1: Yeah. Um, I think two. One, I have an interview coming out with Liza Koshy that I'm super excited about because she like it's it's been a while since she sat down and talked like this candidly and just talking about how she thought about her career and like how she's uploading videos that got 20, 30 million views. But now how she's trying to like use everything she learned to make an even longer career in media. Um, So I think a lot of those lessons are like what like and I think about like what can I be doing right now that I can see myself doing in 10 years? Mm. You know, like I really want to play the long game and just set. And if I'm repeating a piece of feedback to an editor or somebody on my team. I'm like, how can I create a document? We literally have a document that's like five, six pages long. That's all of our editing best practices, right? And so I'm like, before I review something, I want you to go through this checklist and see, does this meet all of the things that make for a video that will go on our channel, that would go on our socials. And the second one is I interviewed Logan Paul and um, there's so many good nuggets in that interview. But one of it that stood out is I talked about how do you write tweets? You know, how do you literally write tweets, you know, because he's had a lot of them like take off. And what have you learned? And uh, he told me about how try to avoid absolutes as much as possible, you know, and, and try to avoid superlatives, which which is, you know, something I'm trying to get better at because like things are so nuanced. and It's hard not to do that because that's what gets clicks.
0: It's funny he says that because that's what gets clicks, though. <laughs> Usually <know>. what blows <laughs> up is absolutes.
1: I know. I know. But it's like I know it's like trying to be nuanced with it. But is that
0: him saying a lesson he's learned the hard way? I don't know yet yeah. said absolutes and seeing it kind of backfire
1: some way. But I, I think about it more of like, okay, like may, maybe like, do you have a hook that's more like towards an absolute, but then like may and, and Twitter's a tough platform for that, but it's yeah. like, um, can you like bring people in, which is why I'm like, okay, I see the value of short form, but long form is where you could let it breathe. Can you open you up a new, nuance,
0: leave room for conversation. You lean away, but yeah, if you go absolute, it's interesting. Yeah. Like so, we could have
1: a conversation about like, okay, uh, the best way to start a YouTube channel in 2023 is to start as a media brand, not as an individual. But I'm like, no, I think that as an individual, it's better because you could build more connection, all this stuff. But then I, we should acknowledge like nuances
0: within that. And there's totally, a it could so go either way. It could go either way. There was literally a conference where I heard it, it was Trafficking conversion in San Diego, more of a heavier marketing conference, but they talked about movement makers speaking absolutes.
1: T- tell me more, what do you mean?
0: And they, they said, and now they were speaking about these entrepreneur voices, but they were saying like, if you look at someone like a Gary Vee, that everything he says is an absolute. Yeah. He'll be like, I remember in 2010 or 11, he wrote the book, Thank You, Economy. And we went to Bellingham, Washington to do his talk. And on stage, he was like, my friends, if you are not using search.twitter.com yeah. today, you will not be in business tomorrow. And I promise you the 500 people in that room, none of them are using it only 10 started to use it and they didn't stay consistent and most of them were probably still in business. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, I mean, he has a point kind of, but like, you know, but it's just, and, and their point, they, they had like five elements of movement makers. And one of them was that actually they speak in absolute. So anyways,
1: I guess, you know, as things get more fragmented, I guess there is a need to do that to get people's attention. But I, I think it's like, once you have that attention, how do you at least acknowledge or wrestle with the nuance in what you're talking about.
0: And I think what's hard is if you actually go out and just make a decree like that, that's kind of one thing, but these days everything's getting clipped. So it's not that you actually are speaking in absolutes, but you only have so much time. And that makes an absolute point. Context can be flushed out. A good communicator is going to maybe allow for nuance. For
1: sure. For sure. And I I think it's up to the viewers as well. In today's day and age, to be like, all right, I see that clip. I know what they're doing. That got my attention. Let me find more material from them to help explain that or help me grapple with it or let me hear it from other sources. So kind yes. of the game. Kind yes, of the game. kind of the game. Yeah. Well,
0: hey, you've added a ton of value. Where can people follow you? What are you up to? The YouTube channel? What other social media accounts are you active on?
1: Yeah, check, check me out. If you go to at you shy on all socials, my YouTube channel is where I put a lot of just, you know, stuff that takes probably months to edit. I uh, really try to put out stuff that uh, you know values the notification that goes out. And then um, our Discord. If you go to created.club, we have about 2,000 creators in there helping each other roast thumbnails, uh, videos. I'm pretty active in there asking, answering questions about all my experience. But yeah, man, it's just a joy to be here on your podcast and, uh, and, and, and uh, just keep rooting you on, man. I'm a big fan of Think Media.
0: Man, I appreciate that. And uh, definitely check out the show notes for everything. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. Share this out. Think Media Podcast. John, thank you so much.